Independence Podcast is brought to you this week and every week by the Brainstorm Brewery. <laughs> Scratch that idea. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Pit Ips Podcast, episode number 98. I am your host, Angelo, and I'm back this week with my faithful co-host, Will. Greetings, internets. And Ryan can't make it tonight. He had some things going on. I don't know if he's trying to close another deal or what. He just said he had now, things going on. And now this becomes the lowest listened to cast we've made in 60 episodes. Goodbye. Goodbye, folks. Serious? <sighs> just give us a shot. Just, just give us a shot. You might like it. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Anyway, uh, that was what you heard at the beginning was just a little Easter egg for those on the posse page. (laughs) Anyway, Grand Prix Strasbourg. We're going to go overseas first because technically this finished first. All right. That sounds sweet. Sounds like logic. Strasbourg. I don't know if it's good logic. The Germany. Wow, Ollie Rod did the coverage for this on the uh, on the Wizards page. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a uh, good tournament. You know, it's really strange because, like, they'll send GG's lives to Ottawa, and the fucking feed is terrible. Then you watch these European ones, and they're seamless. And it's like, how can the feed well, from Europe get here better than Canada? I mean, Germany has really good internets. Well, it's all of the European ones. It's yeah. not just the nine German this. <laughs> Anyway, they were playing the good old uh, limited pool. They went with the sealed deck on day one. Then they went into the drafts on day two. Oh, man, that's so exciting. Day two Grand Prix drafts are the best ever. <laughs> Reels. Actually, I, th- I don't want to say they changed things to where only the top eight draft now. But I could be insane. Or maybe that's just with team seal. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I, I, I would believe they still draft on day two. I don't know though. Yeah, I think they do. I don't know. Um Oleg Pilsov versus Pierre Dagon. Uh Pierre wins at two zero as expected. Yeah, he's a pretty fierce competitor. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, it's true. Uh Max Pritched versus Kentaro Yamamoto. Hey, he seems to be way at the wrong side of the world. Well, you know, um, the Japanese, they tend to make a Grand Prix season out of it. They're the first to globetrot, really. So, I mean, yeah, I, I love this other thing happening in Europe this week. Mm, right. <laughs> there's that, 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 that thing going on. Yeah, so Gantaro Yamamoto wins 2-1 again. Pretty expected. Martin Yuza versus Don Prujit. Who, who might as well, Martin Yuza might as well be a, ja- a Japanese at this point in time. You know, he yeah. tests with those guys, spends a lot of time over there. Yeah, and Yuza wins 2-0 again. Yuza, who cut his teeth as a limited master in the game, you know, really, really told, you know, taught people how to draft back in Zendikar block, so. Yeah, he actually got into a little bit of trouble this morning, but we'll talk about that next week when we talk about Worlds. Um, Keith Van Monfort versus Thomas Nagy. Uh, Nagy wins 2-1. Nagy beats Martin Yuza 2-1. That's Ken- a good day. I know. Kentaro Yamamoto goes down to Pierre Dagnon. And what did? <laughs> oh, no, I heard that wrong. <laughs> no, I'm pronouncing it wrong. I'm... No, no, no. I thought you said he went down on him. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's Pierre, or I'm going to say Thomas Nagy won only because his name is highlighted, but it doesn't give me a score. It does not give a score finals. It's kind of disappointing. You bastards. You killed Kenny. I, you know, I just got it. Kenny's about to die. I know. He's not, he has appeal for reality. Whoa. <laughs> 
Anyway, so it's always interesting to see what the top two decks are, at least in limited, because um, it does begin to show a little more of the meta. However, with this set, I don't think the meta matters as much. I think playing well matters a hell of a lot more. Play skill and your ability to play around on tricks and represent tricks you don't have go a long way. Yeah. There's such a high power level in all five of the shards that as long as you understand which seat you're in, draft correctly and play correctly. You know. Yeah, even just five colors works. Yeah. <laughs> two colors. Two colors. Two colors works. You can pretty much do anything you want to. It's yeah. Just, play skill matters a lot more with this format, which is nice for a limited, you know. I'll tell you what, the Negi's, Negi's deck has some pretty spicy cards in it. He has Ace yeah, of CC, Rock... Sadisi Brew Tyrant, Rakshasa Death Dealer, and a Perlink Agent. Like, he has two treasure cruises to refill on a deck that can obviously go long. You know, Abomination's a Goodle to get stuff in the, bo- or in the graveyard for yourself. And, you know, he has reasonable tricks between Throttle, Dragon Scale Boon, and Saltai Charm. Yeah, Shambling Attendance, uh, Mellowing mm-hmm. Saddle Brute. I really like the Saddle Brute. Two Abominations that good do. That card has been very good uh, for me. You know, yeah. It seems a little lackluster based on the stats. Three, you know, four, like flying is very powerful. Well, I mean, but when you're going against, like, five, five trample guys and, or, you know, stuff like that, it just seems, I mean, I think he, he works better than he looks. Yeah, I, the ground clogs up often in this mm-hmm. format. And when you can have something that goes into the air, especially, like, that four butt is actually really relevant. Oh, it's hugely relevant. It can attack through pretty much anything, even two blockers. You know? Right. And, you know, the whole you may draw a card is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, and speaking of clogging up the board, you know, uh, Negi has really great, great ways to do that on the ground. He has a lot of morphs that turn into large butt guys. Right, right. I mean, clearly you have things like your, uh, you got the Wooly Locks it on, which is just stupid huge. Yeah, he's the biggest thing going. You know, Glacial Stalker, you know, he's got the Archer's Parapet. Shambling Attendance, which is unreal. Once that thing's on the ground, people quit. Oh my god, it's very difficult to attack through it's a like, Attendance. How do I kill the 3-5? Like, like, I have to sacrifice something big. You, it's 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 basically um, an abyss on defense. Yeah, like you're gonna lose your best, your you know maybe your second best creature, if not your best creature every combat. It's, it, just... it's damn near Doomblade. It's like I am going to take your best thing at bare minimum. Yeah, and and it only gets better from that. <laughs> right, right, and if you don't have anything bigger than a five, yeah, you're screwed. You're in trouble. Yeah, and plus like you know even has the dragon scale boon. I, I mean, it can get stupid. Like a savage <laughs> punch on that, you know, it's pretty pretty sweet. God forbid I put a dragon scale boon on top of it then you're just fucked and you have to go to the air so it's kind of nice uh, double treasure cruise he has a lot of delve going on in this deck which is yeah it's weird well you know i mean he has sadisi he, he does has, that's very helpful you know, like he has some draws that can really really go nuts on delve and if not he just has a, a long enough game plan to i think get some value and you know i think this deck is totally cool playing six mana treasure cruises yeah, I think so. Especially with the Sidisi. The Sidisi is what really pushes it over the top. Because if you can get down, oh, excuse me, folks. If you can get down a parapet before you play a Sidisi, like, you know, you're going to have some time and yeah. then, you know, you're going to delve away. Yeah, sure, you're going to lose some of your good delve cards, but you got enough of them in here where you can just go, all right, fine, I'll, you know, delve those away to play something better later on. I, yeah, I have no problem with that in this deck. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it came together really well. You know, I was, um, this uh, shard, I, 
I can't think of the name of it. I'm sorry. It's but, Sultai. Uh, Sultai, yeah. You know, Sultai was was judged to be pretty weak by a lot of people early on, and I, I think this is a really good way to build it. So yeah, you know what? The tricky shards or the tricky decks are usually the last ones to be found. Absolutely. And this one is kind of the tricky. I agree. I totally agree. You know, like Teamer, it's, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, non-intuitive, if you will. <laughs> right, right. It, it's it's pretty obvious what you're doing with Abzan and Teamer and Mardu. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Mardu, you're gonna play little guys and swing. Everyone could see that. You know, Teamer, I'm gonna play big guys and swing, and Abzan is I'm gonna play middle guys and I'm going to grow. You know, and yeah. it's like, well, then we have these other two. And Jess Guy was a little rough because it's like, how many spells do I Right, what's the correct creature spell split? Absolutely. Right. And that got figured out fairly quick because prowess was obvious. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. It's just how do we, you know, what's the spell number? Because we know this is good. But yeah. this was the unintuitive one. Like, you know. Yeah, at what point in time do my, do my delve cards become efficient? Because it's certainly not casting them for one every time. That's unreasonable. But, you know, is, is minus three mana off their cost good enough? Yeah, a lot of the time it is. Right, right. I mean, yeah, if you stick a shambling attendant into an Abzan deck, yeah, you can play that for free. Yeah. You might get away with it once, you know. Yeah. But realistically, if you're building this deck, you shouldn't expect that. Like you said, two, three off of it is about, you know, I look at it like a three, three flyer. What would I want to pay for that? I'd want to pay four. Four, yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, so it's one black and five, correct? Yeah, it's a six man. Okay, card. so if so, I lose two off of that, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. And anything more than that, it becomes a value. Right, right. Yeah. And that's really how you have to look at the cards. Like, what would I normally want to pay for that? And just, you know, figure, okay, I got to make my deck work to where I am going to pay what I want to pay at the least. And don't get greedy about it. Right. And and even then, like, it's it's also, you know, getting the reduced cost on the cards is really only the first step. You know, it's it's then how am I having enough cards in my hand to be playing multiple cards later in the game to gain the, the tempo advantage that I, from the mana advantage, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Right. Well, uh, Pierre Dagion, he went with Abzan, the See the Unwritten deck. Yeah, you know, it's a, it definitely has see the unwritten, but you know, I'm looking at his cards. He has two times Highland Game, two times Alpine Grizzly. He has a Seeker of the Way. He has a Rakshasa Death Dealer. He has a real tempo strategy. He can really get down some early beaters and uh, and followed up with maybe with an Alabaster Kieran or you know a, a see the unwritten something like that to uh, to get there. I think he puts a lot of early pressure on though. He does. I mean, he has the double Highland, or I'm sorry, the double Alpine Grizzly. He has the Bellowing Sado Brew. Those are mm-hmm. all going to activate the first. Ferocious on see the unwritten as well. Plus, you can rush the battle into it mm-hmm. late late game. You know, uh, death dealer. He can activate it to make it become a four four. Like he has ways here to yeah, make yeah. see the unwritten really work early. Yep. So, you know, he even has multiple multiple counter triggers. He has feet of resistance, dragon scale boons, and Abzan charm to to gain counters to get to that you know valuable four tough, or four power. It's weird. Uh, typically, see the unwritten is your keeper. Deck, you know, is a keeper deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's really making it work in this Abzan deck too. Yeah, it's really nice. See. He probably got to see the unwritten in uh, in pack two or three, I'd imagine. You know, like it just he was he was in this kind of green white, you know, this Abzan deck and just got it and found a way to make it work. Probably, yeah, that could probably... be wrong. Maybe he started on it and Teamer got busted. Like I could also see him like first picking see the unwritten, picking up a couple Alpine Grizzlies early and recognizing the Teamers closed. Yeah, know. or, you know, you crack a Death Dealer, and then second pack, you crack a Sea of the Unwritten, and it's like, well, if I'm in green. Yeah, I might, I mean, I might as well get in, you know, figure out a way to make these two things overlap. Yeah, he has a suspension field, he has a feat of resistance, and that card, 
it just continually gets better. Oh, man, it's so good. Rush of Battle is – it's really weird because, like, early on, like, I knew it was good, but I, I got used to M15 playing this as an instant. Right. Yeah, it's very much better as an instant. He yeah. has a – But it being a sorcery doesn't matter. Yeah, and he has a really fucking good. He has a reasonable enough number of warriors. He has about uh, six warriors in his deck, as my, as I count, to to make the lifelink matter a little bit. Right, right. And well, I mean, absolutely. Uh, it's but just plus two plus one is just legit. Oh, it's legit. You know, and this is kind of a format of small of small numbers. Once you get big, it's big. You know, like at least in the early game, but. Uh, Man, I don't see, I don't see a single, well, alright, there's only a long shot squad is the only outlast creature he has, so it's definitely not what I would consider a typical Abzan deck. No, it's not. It, yeah. It looked like he went to go big, and mm-hmm. it, I, that's why I was thinking the Death Dealer was probably one of his early, early picks. I absolutely first pick a Death Dealer. And then he's thinking, you know, I'm in green and I'm in black, okay, you know, there's only two ways I can go here, Saltai or, you know, Abzan, an Abzan guy falls in his lap, maybe a feat of resistance, and it's like, yeah. okay, maybe I'll work it this it's way. definitely not not what you expect, but I think he did a really good job of adapting to the cards he saw, you know, building a, a, a really a, a deck that came really close to winning a Grand Prix. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to watch the uh, finals of this, which, you know, shame on me, but Hey, I can't catch them all. It's not Pokemon, man. Fuck you. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on, man. You're going to give me shit for telling you fuck you? No, I once just, a week without I, even... <laughs> I thought it was a clever Pokemon reference. You said catch them all. thought about Ash and Pikachu. Yeah, I actually watched a lot of SCG this week, strangely. Anyway, uh, because it's limited, I do like to look over the top five cards because typically they do something. Um, a Dragon Scale Boon at five, which, you know, two, count, two plus one, one counters for four, and it was in both of the top lists. It's a really one. good green trick. I, I mean, it, it's the closest thing to Green Doomblade in the set. It, it is a nice trick. It's it's pretty telegraphed, and it's pretty easy to see coming, but you know what? Two plus one, one counters don't matter. It is. It you is can def- telegraph it. It doesn't matter. You know, in the early game, it's certainly telegraphed, but if you like, you know, it's a really good top deck in turn eight or so, you it know, is. if you're like... I mean, it's you're right. It is hard to make them buy it, but uh, you know, if you can if you can get someone to attack into your boot, and you're a very happy dude. Yeah, and you know, it's worth realizing that those two counters, they're there. They're there. They're they're yeah. counters. They're there forever. And it, it's really powerful. Um, number four, one of the sealed all stars, Zergo Helm Smasher, because if you ever cracked one and sealed, haha. You know what it does. It's a very good sealed card. Yeah, it not is. as good in limit in uh, drafting, but man, in sealed, is this thing a fucking house? Yeah, the, the tempo difference, you know, the it's just, it's very early in the game in a sealed environment where people are always playing a lot of colors, so right, right. crazy. Uh, Monastery Swift Spear at three. Um, kind of interesting. I mean, I, I mean, I guess if you're in the Jeskai deck, it is exactly what you want. You know what's funny? I like it in Mardu. I believe that. It turns on rage so early. It, it, always, if, it always felt like more of a Mardu draft card for me, too. Yeah, like I, I, that's where I try to get it more than anything because it just turns on my raids so quick. Like, turn two raids, you know, that's good. Um, so, yeah, Treasure Cruise it, too. Duh. Hey, that card is very powerful. And another card that we saw in both of the top lists, yeah. Roxasa Death Dealer. You know, this this was one of my favorite cards when I first saw the spoilers, that the power level is just out of this world. It scales through every facet of the game, and it never dies. Yeah. It, gets, it can get really scary at the end. It can get big with Death Touch. Really big with Death Touch. Yeah, it's crazy. Really puts your opponents in, in a bad spot, to be honest. For sure. I mean, it's, you know, it's like an Antuco Shade that regenerates. It is unreal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so we also had some standard going on down in San Antonio. Apparently, my playmat's on the way. Good oh, that's sweet. He mailed it out for me yesterday. Awesome, Colton. Thank you. Um, so our top eight broke down as such. We had Ryan Scullin 2-0 over Gareth. Aye. I'm sorry. Uh, Aye. Aye. Uh, yeah, it's I. No, it's yeah. I, you lowly prick. Well, I bet he does talk like a Scottish Highlander, too, with a name like Garth I. <laughs> Garth I. It's awesome. There are, I'm wondering if they just didn't print all of everyone's last names, because Larry Lie or Larry Lee feels I'm like... i say it's Lee. You know, I'm just wondering if maybe their guy got really lazy typing. Yeah, Larry Lee and German Fry. <laughs> Go with Mr. I. <laughs> And Mr. Fry wins his 2-0. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just screaming at this mic. It's probably going to sound horrendous. I know, it sounds good on my end. Uh, Ori Swift, who won uh, over Randall Gay. Uh, Angel. Okay, I'm calling bullshit. These names are fucking... Good. That's what I'm saying. We got, like, three people with three letters or less in their last name. We got Willie Gay's cousin Randall over here, and, you know... It's Angel Solish versus Albert Akay. Do you think... Think that's Solish or Solace? Does it matter? <laughs> no. And Albert Aki? Aki like, or Akay? Dude, I, I'm pretty sure there's supposed to be more letters in all these names. <laughs> so uh, Akay wins 2-0 over Salache. Swift wins over Gay. Uh, Swift beats Akay 2-1. <laughs> and uh, Scullin beats Fry 2-0. So we and have Scullin and Swift. So we have the two people with normal names. Swift isn't exactly... Ori Swift. Yeah, I see if it's... You know, he's probably like a Swift Blade. Yeah, up in an Ori. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know, man. Um, the dude with the normalist name out of this whole top eight, Ryan Scullin. Dude, could I just say, Ryan Scullin is a fine name, but imagine how much stronger it is if he's Ryan Scullinger. I mean, I feel like that one's, that one's got something going on. You should think about that, sir, if you, uh, if you check this podcast out. Yeah, change the name. <laughs> Will's going to do that once. I tried to talk him into it. All right, absolutely. I'm game. Well, you was going to do it, then you said you didn't want to do it because you didn't want your last name to be Fister Butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's supposed to be Fister Bottom. Fister Bottom, okay. <laughs> Oh, we're going to hell. Uh, <laughs> In a handbasket. Oh, well, at least I got friends there. <laughs> right, I'm pretty sure I'm going to have an office, too. None of that none of that cubicle farm in hell for me. You know what I mean. So, Scullin, he goes down there, and he plays like a Mardu Planeswalker deck. Um, Soren Sarkon Elspeth, 2-2-1, in that order. Three Chain to the Rocks, three Seeker of the Way, four Rabble Masters, four Butchers, because it's Butcher. Uh, a Wingmate Rock, four Hordling Outbursts, we kind of got the token thing going on. Yeah, Hordling Outburst has just been one of the most represented cards in the last couple of weeks. This card is just very good. Yeah, I mean, early on, it it seems like, okay, because early on, Abzan was big. So that was the way to get by Abzan was the Yeah, you just go wide. Right. And, you know, and you're feeding your butcher as well with it very early on. And it's like, okay, I can get wide on them now. Yeah. So that's kind of, you know, part it's, of the plan. I mean, just like Spectral Procession, it, it three tokens is enough of a clock that you kind of have to do something about it. And if you're blocking, you know, one guy a turn, you're still going to take three damage, four damage before it's all said and done while they're de- while they're developing their board. Right. You know, and, like, 
I mean, that's part of the reason why Elspeth was so good. It's At true. six. Like, yeah. I'm going to put down three one one tokens every turn. <laughs> hey, that works. Yeah, you notice that people are cutting numbers of Elspeths for portaling outbursts. It's, oh, it's a hell of a lot cheaper. And another reason why it's really good is, let's look at these instants. Yeah. Four lightning strike, one magma jet, four crackling doom, an utter end, and a murderous cut. What isn't they, what aren't, what is not going on in the standard format right now? Well, there's, there's not a whole lot of mass removal in people's main tags. No. You know, it's a lot of one for one stuff, like, Anger of the Gods is is relevant. We have uh, End Hostilities as a card, and there's you know there's the uh, what's the Infest? Uh, uh, I know. Black it's card Infest with Delve minus two minus two yeah, with, for uh, you newer players. Scry. Right. I mean, like if those cards are being played, all of a sudden cards like Hurling Outburst they fall off in value. Yeah, that's totally true, you know? You know, and it, it, they're not being played right now. Well, so but... Take advantage of it. You know, the problem is, though, is, like, if, you know, as a, as the control player, I don't I don't necessarily want to put anything but the uh, end hostilities in my decks because of how big uh, even the, the cards in the same decks with the tokens are. You know, it's not like it's a deck that's only tokens like the black-white tokens or, or fairies, but in, in years past, it's like, you know, you have tokens to just open up for your butchers and your, and your planeswalkers. Like, well, like, okay, this deck would look at it specifically that card will kill everything the rabble masters the seekers all your hoardling things short of the butchers and the wingmate rocks okay so this deck might not be well yeah sarkin's it's a little different yeah. um so this deck might not be primed for something like that but like a mid-range abzan that is going big that a neg two neg two isn't going to kill their first play yeah i think i mean i think that's a reasonable place to put it but it's just it's a you know the cards like that unless they're the specific kill everything everything then it's you know you're only getting a uh, drown and sorrow you're only getting you know half value out of your out of your mini wipes you know when your pyroclasm only it leaves two or three things on the board or even just a siege rhino on the board that's a that's a problem well fair enough but okay if i'm running mid-range aggro mid-range absam um, would it be unreasonable to say run two of those main boards? So I'm prepared for the Jeskai matchup. So I'm prepared for this Mardu matchup that's becoming more no, and more I popular. Don't, I don't think it's unreasonable at all. Yeah, I mean that, that's just one of the. I think that's one of the adaptations that the deck needs to move forwards. Because like I mean, Abzan has already gotten to the word to the point where they're going. Okay, I'm putting a Doom Blast in the sideboard, you right. know, or maybe one in the main board here and there. Because if you get one of those off with a Rhino on the board, guess what? Game's usually over. It's usually academic. Um, yeah, so it's like, all right, well, that's a good plan. But, you know, what happens in that early game when they are getting quick on you, when they are getting wide? Well, that's really the only spot where Abzan has trouble right now. I don't understand why those things aren't seeing more play main. At least two of them. You can always move up the four or take out after game one. Yeah, just, absolutely. I, yeah. I don't want to give a game to somebody just because... You know, I didn't come prepared when yeah, I know it's going to be there. And the the drown and sorrow and the angers they're good enough against good enough against the wide variety of the field that you're. It's not ever going to be a dead card. You know, it might not be exactly what you wanted, and sometimes you'd rather just have the murderous cut. But yeah. you know, it's it's rarely going to sit in your hand rot. Fair. Um, so uh, he went up against Ori Swift, who is on that blue white again, man. The, the, the blue white. I really like the blue white heroic deck. I, I really, you know, I want to, I want to play it. I do. Um, yeah, I looked and I have a lot of the cards for this, just in yeah. paper, and I don't play a lot of paper. You know, but they're all commons and uncommons, so that wasn't a hard thing for me to actually scrounge up. But yeah, pretty, you know, you just need the lands, really. Man, it's a glass cannon. Because when it goes well, holy shit, does it go well, but when it does not go well... Yeah, well, I mean, it's a it's a aura-based deck, just like Hexproof in years past. You have, you have to mulligan extremely aggressively, and you have to be very precise in your lines of play. You know, like... 
it's a very difficult to play aggro deck, which gives a lot of credence to you know aggro players actually being good players. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, though, this deck does not match up well against Crackling Doom at all. No, and it does not really match up well against control in general. Um, any type of control strategy because it's like realistically a little bit of removal early on, yeah, and then any and just don't let a Helioids Pilgrim get cast. And you can't lose. Yeah, and it's, you know, their guys don't actually have hexproof, so you're pretty much, your one Doomblade effect is going to buy you two to three turns, and then it's only, you only need two Doomblades to win the game. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. I don't know how many times watching this thing play, where I see somebody keep a nice hand, two, maybe three creatures, he plays the, you know, first turn, favorite hoplite, it gets burned away. He plays the battle-wise hoplite, turn two, it gets burned away. And then he plays maybe a hero. It gets burned away, and then all of a sudden they start dry, drawing defiant strike after defiant strike. Right, or right. God's I mean, willing and lands just nothing. No, no more creatures. They're getting nothing but enchantments and instances. It's like I'm dead. Yeah, if if you can't get you know an or a guy, if you cannot get a target, you know, and preferably to get your ordeal of toss at the pop, you're just not going to have the actual amount of gas necessary to fight through any kind of removal. That being said, though, when the deck is good, it is. An unstoppable force. Yes. You know, and short of Crackling Doom and Murderous Cut, there are a few things that actually can take down these cards one for one in the format, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Fry, he was on the teamer list with the main board Sock. <laughs> there, I pronounced it right, Ryan. Um, but yeah, he is a wow. designer. Um, this is a different list than I have seen. It's I, a little different. He went big. I have I have not seen this list at all. Like the creature package is very different than. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at Gareth Eyes' list. Yeah, you want to look at Derby Fries. He's got three. Yeah, I was like, I, I, I'm seeing a Fire Drinker Seder and a bunch of red one-drops and a teamer list. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's different. Um, yeah. No, this makes more sense. This yeah, is- four Carioted, four Crufix, <laughs> four Knuckle Blades, three Pelucranos, two Ash Cloud Phoenix, a Sarok, and four Storm Breath Dragon. So, you know, that's a lot of creatures for the current format, 25 of them. Yeah. A teamer ascendancy. Um, <laughs> that card is really, really good. Uh, not a four of in your deck, but man, if you have this going, holy shit, you will never run out of dudes. Yeah, it's kind of nutty. I'm, I, I know that Storm Breath already has haste, but a Pelucranos with haste is really good. Well, and they both draw you a card when you have the Ascendancy in play. <laughs> right. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, I, I really love the three Stubborn Denials. That's one of the best reasons to be playing Teamer Monsters right now. You know, that's one of the best tools they're going to give you. Right. The He has a T-Bird Charm, and he has the staple of the format, which is called Lightning Strike, three of those. And he has three Craters Claws, which, yeah, I, you know, if you're shock. playing big creatures, why not? Yeah, I mean, it's better than shock, I'm pretty sure. At the worst, it's a shock. <laughs> yeah, it's just that, you know, his creature package is very good. You know, he's still on the Courser and the uh, all the acceleration, but I like it. I do. I would play this deck. Right, right. Uh, we had some black... Oh, 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 this is that fucked up deck. Akai... Or, or, Aki, Albert, Al, 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 check this out. Um, he is running the, uh, black, blue, green. Wait, I should know what that's called. We talked about it. Uh, Sultai. Sultai. Yes. He is running the Sidisi Sultai deck and he really got this thing going. Um, why do I want to say this is the guy that won and they must have these things wrong? Cause I watched this. Oh, no, no, no. That was on SCG. My bad. Um, 
yeah, we'll talk about the SEG version later. But th- this is your whip, your uh, Sadisi, Soul of Innistrad, Doomweight Giant, Sagu Mauler, uh, Hornet Queens out of the Wazoo. Yeah, big, <laughs> big mana, uh, big dudes, and he has a minor uh, reanimation strategy. Um, just has a lot of value in both um, delve cards and whips to just have reasons to have cards in his graveyard. Now, I think it's a major reanimation strategy. Well, he only has... Wayfarers, plus Sadisis, plus the Soul of Innistrad. Those are not... Okay, so he only has one soul and three whips. He only has four total reanimation cards. Yeah, certainly it's a fill-your-graveyard deck, but half of the filling-your-graveyard is... Well, a third of the filling-your-graveyard is for Sadisi, and a third is for the Delve, and then a third is for Whip. And you have a cord to go get something if you need it. Yeah, it's a... I mean, it's a really powerful, toolboxy kind of deck. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna have a big, fat graveyard, and you're gonna have a lot of stuff to do with it. Yeah, it's just nuts. And he just has Doomwake Giants, too. Like, just to, just to fuck with you. Well, that's really the major negative two, negative two that you're seeing. I yeah. know it only gives neg one, neg one, but, you know, once a Courser's on the ground, it's on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you cast your Doomwake Giant, and then you cast your Courser in the same turn. It's, it's pretty good. You got the standard uh, sideboard for this with uh, three Ashiox, two Saltai Charms, a Farika, and Ilya's Disciple, Negate, two Disdainful Strokes, two Bob Lights, a Reclamation Save, in your last whip. Yeah, I think Ashiok's a good way to go in, in game two with this deck. I, I, you know, again, I like this deck too. Yeah, against the control decks, it's it's really a house if you can get one of those to stick. Yeah, you know, and even you have enough enough stuff to block up the ground. I wouldn't even I, w- I would consider boarding it in against other green decks too. Right. Uh, yeah. We have Abzan finishing uh, from Angel, uh, two Elspis, a Liliana. Yeah, Liliana, uh, two Smorins. Three main? Wing, That's sweet. Yeah, three wingmate rocks, four sea drinos, four coursers, two bramas, um, four sylvan carriots, and three fleece mains, a murderous cut, another end, four abzan charms, three heroes downfall, and a bio blight. So, pretty yeah. solidly mid range. You know, yeah. not trying to go too fast or, or go too late. Now, prepared for almost every strategy, the addition of bramas in recent weeks. Um, that guy has a butt. He does. And he brings friends. Yeah, that's true. That's worth mentioning. Uh, the sideboard, Elspeth, Faded Retribution. Faded Retribution. What? Yeah, it's a yeah, card. It yeah. is a card. Uh, one Whip of Erebos and a Race, an Utter End, one Hornet Queen, three Drown and Sorrow, a Bob Light, three End Hostilities, and two Glare of Heresy. Yeah. Pretty solid. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no Doom Blast, though. Kind of bummed. Yeah. I mean, he has Faded Retribution, which is, you know, pretty cute. It, it is. It kills Planeswalkers. <laughs> it does. And, you, you know, you get to scry, too, which is not, you know, it's definitely a thing, sure. Yeah. Larry Lee was on a Jeskai uh, deck. Yeah. Jeskai Tempo. standard. You know, yeah, he has the three wingmate rocks. They've all been doing that now. Yeah. Two, two digs. It's definitely what you're what you're expecting from from Jessica. All right, uh, Randall Gay. He's sitting on the. He is not running the Bramas in his Abzanet list. No, he uh. He, he chose for the Fossies. Did the other guy have carry tids? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So yeah, he is the main deck Fossies instead. Yeah, uh, and Mister Aye! Aye! Um, he's on red blue. I guess there is some Jess guy. I guess, but it's mainly red blue. Uh, is there a white card? No, that's Conflagration. Yeah, it's red-blue. Yeah, it's just red-blue. This is a pretty sweet list. Not something that we've seen. Four Fire Drinker Satyrs, four Rabble Masters, four Swift Spears, so he has, you know, two different one-drops. <laughs> it's red splashing for treasure cruise. That's that's basically what it is. It's four <laughs> Faded Conflagration, which, you know, actually doesn't kill your player, but that's good. It gives you something to... And does it kill everything. Everything else. It's, so uh, Planeswalkers die. Four Lightning Strikes, four Magma Jets, four Stokes, two Sarkins, three 
treasure cruise for Hurling Outburst. It is a mono-red deck with cruise. We've seen it in every other format now. You might as well see it in standard. Sideboard, a land for some reason. Uh, three Disdainful Strokes, three Anger of the Gods, two Karanos, because nothing fucks with Karanos. Three Chandra Power Master and three Negates. Why uh, Swiftwater Cliffs in the sideboard? Because uh, he was he wants to have a 24th land whenever he boards in his Karanos. Okay. Yep. All I needed to hear. Uh, there was another deck here that made waves day one. I don't know if it quite made day two, and I don't want to look up to find out. However, I will go over the deck real fast. Um, oh, is this the gas list? Gas. Yeah. Um, which stands for Goblin Antique Shop. So it's um, it's really been called list. multiple different things, but this guy was doing well, and that's what they deemed it because that's what he called it. And um, it's Goblin Rabble Master. With the insult artifact combo behind it. So he's got the whole blue red thing going on. So he got the good red removal and then he can make big five fives with his scissors. Yeah. Running with scissors is painful. Yeah. I mean, this deck, I looked at it and looked at it and looked at it and you can't convince me that it's good, but you can convince me that it can steal games very quickly. And that if you run into people who are absolutely 100% unaware of the deck or not prepared for the deck, you can just win games. But if this deck becomes a real player in the format and people actually begin to sideboard for it, I just don't see how it works. No, it's never going to be a real deck in the format. It's never going to be a real player, but it'll certainly take down Friday Night Magic. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it has that capability. Even on a Saturday local 40-man, maybe five, maybe six-round event, you could... You you could take it down with this. Now, I, I wouldn't take it to an eight-round eight, eight round event. I, I wouldn't take it to a, an event that has a Swiss and a cut-to-top eight. I would but, not uh, take it to a GP. Um, this is something that you could run hot with. I don't think you're going to run hot enough to win a Star City Games, though. Do, do well, maybe for a day. Maybe for a 5K. You could maybe take it to a 5K. Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, like, I don't. I wouldn't want to play this in anything that has more than seven rounds. You're gonna you're gonna implode before before round eight. Yeah, you're gonna have some fall on the face probably. Um, <laughs> some fall on the face. Yeah, I, I know that if if I'm going to anything that if I do well, it's going to be over two days. Like this is something luck kind of has to be with me with. So if I need to be good for two days, I don't want to take this because I don't know about you, but I've never had good luck two days in a row when I needed luck. Well, yeah, that's why you're not a master. Well, I guess. That I don't cheat. Apparently, cheating helps. Oh, we, we learned that this year. Cheating helps cheating. Well, it's like steroids. You win when you cheat. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's that. Um, is it something that's cool to go ahead and play with? Yeah, go ahead. Um, it's just, it's Rabble Master, Swift Spear, Ornithopter, uh, and Soul Artifact. And these are all four of us. <laughs> and Soul Artifact, Treasure Cruise, um, Springleaf Drum. Yeah, Springleaf Drum can attack you with a 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, that's scary. Dark, four Dark Steel Citadels. Indestructible 5-5. Five, five. Um, four Rabble Master, and there's a couple other cards in there too. You can figure it out, trust me. Yeah, um, from there it's burn. Yeah, actually it is. It's Lightning Strike and, uh, Stoke the flames. flames. Yep. So yeah, that's the deck. Uh, knock yourself out. SCG was going on, and for some reason I watched a lot of standard. And for God's sake, if you really, 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 really like long, uh, or like, no, not long. If you like crisp, standard play, do not, by <laughs> any stroke of the imagination, go watch these finals. Game one was 58 fucking minutes long. Both players had 150 plus life at one point. Oh my wow. god. 
Yes. They both have whips in the main, then, I take it? Uh, we'll go over it in a second. <laughs> oh, Sorry versus Whip. Uh, Matt Bond versus Sean Rusing. Uh, Bond wins 2-1. John Faro uh, versus Andy Vess. Faro wins 2-1. Brian Scholl uh, over John Tyler Hendricks, 2-0. James Harmies over Nick Vecchi, 2-1. James Harmies wins 2-1. John Faro, 2-1. Faro wins the whole damn thing, 2-1. One with his very strange, although it's not really strange because we've seen it a bunch yeah, of times this, at this point, just, it is Sidisi. Yeah, this is what uh, like Brian Bronduin and Brad Nelson, they tested this on a lot of Versus videos at the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, this is a known deck. Um, yeah, we kind of talked about it earlier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he it's has a, a little lot more in the plan of Graveyard. Yeah, he communes in there. He has the communes. He has four whips, and he has a much larger enchantment package by going into um, uh, the uh, Corsair Crufix as well. I guess the other guy Corsairs. Yeah, he has has, domain, which is more enchantments. The third Doomwake Giant, and he just has the commune with commune with the gods to make sure he's getting to see his enchantments. Right, and his Elvish Mystics also push things out. And you know what? With the way this deck seems to play out every game, when you watch it, is. A bunch of hornets. A bunch of hornets. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Not the queen, just hornets end up on the board. (laughs) Well, you whip it, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, very powerful strategy. Um, Again, it makes me think that you are very correct about Drowning Sorrows, you know? In the finals, um, he, in the game that went crazy long... He was using the whip version, the whip to get his life. Right. But in this game that went crazy, stupid fucking long... He had gone through nine, seven or nine, maybe seven, seven, I'm going to go with. Seven times he cast or resurrected fucking Hornet Queen. Well, you can do that when you have four Hornet Queens and four Whip of Erebos. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, it would have to be seven because he doesn't have, uh, maybe maybe he could Soul of Innistrad them to get above eight. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. I think he did. (laughs) So it was either seven or nine. It was a ridiculous odd number. And when you have that many of those things on the board, it's kind of stupid. <coughs> yeah, for sure. And he was going up against an Abzan mid-range deck. Well, here's the thing. He is running a Soul of Pharos. <laughs> oh, that's what it was? Oh, I thought it was going to be the Soren. <laughs> no, it was a lot more of the Soul of Pharos activating. Just, I didn't even just see every that. Every turn just gaining so much life. It was unreal. And... That's absurd. Yeah. That is, like, can the judge step in and say, look, this is a non-terminating loop. You guys just need to peel cards off the top and find out, like, whoever, whichever player has less uh, cards in their gra- in their library just loses the game. Can you do that? No, you can't. But the thing is, like, it was funny because the Sidisi deck ended up winning it. And it ended up winning it because he swung with the Soul of Theros for some reason. Well, that's not good. Right. And it died. Um <clears throat> <laughs> Hornets, remember? Um, you don't want that to happen. Right. But, I mean, like, for turns, he didn't bother doing this, and then all of a sudden, he's like, I'm going to swing with everything, and I am going to activate my soul of Theros, and it's like, why are you swinging with your soul? I wonder if he forgot that the Hornets had Death Touch. Uh, I think he miscounted life totals. I'll be real. Oh, he just, oh, okay, he, oh, the old Willie Idle. Yeah, he That's thought that he had dead on board, and he kind of miscounted, and he didn't, and it just got bad from there. Um, coolest, a uh, little bit of innovation as far as the Abzan kind of goes. It's one Hornet Queen, four Seed Rhinos, a Soul of Theros, which I've been asking for forever. I'm so glad. Yeah, I think he, I mean, he's definitely good enough that you want to play him in, in this deck, I think. Right, why not, right? Uh, four Seed Rhinos, two Wingmate Rocks. He's arguably just better than the third Wingmate Rock. 
Yeah, I think so. Uh, four coursers. A banishing light, four opposite charms, four heroes downfall, four thought seize. Uh, sideboard is, uh, three mist cutter hydra, which has really fallen out of favor. Yeah, that card. I, I can't see it being great against everything. Wow. Yeah, it's just not really, I mean, with mono blue disappearing, like, that card has really fallen out of sideboards. Um, he also has six plane, planeswalkers main board, uh, a Liliana vest, two Sorens, and an Elspeth. He has three bob lights also in the sideboard in a race, two Nisses. So. Eight planeswalkers all day. That's yeah. pretty good. Three drowns, two end hostilities, and a glare heresy. <clears throat> Do not go watch this match. Yeah, please. That sounds very non-fun. I mean, if you pl- ever played in a match like that, it's really cool to play. But when you watch a match like that, I don't like playing in, in matches like that. Oh, I, know. I, I think I think they're. Fun. I, I'd rather play the, con, the the control matchup where all we have is is cards in hand and lands. I like that one more. Yeah, I, you know, I've been in matches like this, and they're rare. They're so rare. But they do. They are kind of funny to you, and you know, it's like, oh, you know, I might never play in another match like this for uh, two years. And if if you, if you only play in them once every two three years, and typically these happen in casual games, not in big tournaments. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what though? I every single time I go to a tournament, I see one of these matches happening in every single round between some. You know, in this case, it's Abzan, Abzan Mirror, or whatever. You know, usually some kind of Abzan deck, and it's just like. Mm. Yeah, the old uh, Reclamation Sage Drag Tusk era. Oh my God! Why did you bring that up? Because that's really what it reminded me of. I mean, the fucking it was angel fun. of fuck. You. Um, so we had an Abzan list also in third from uh, Mr. Bond. This is what we've been seeing. Uh, I've already said this list once before earlier, but adding a Johnny Mentor of Heroes to it, that's the list. He's on the Ari Locks first. Cool. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, is it worth talking about? Probably not. We had Mardu Midrange in fourth place from Mr. Scholl. Pretty creature heavy. He has four Ash Clouds, two Brimas, two, two Wingmate Rocks. Yeah, and he absolutely 100% wants to hit some goblin tokens because he's running four rabble masters and four hordling outbursts. Yeah. You know, he wants, he definitely wants tokens. He wants to be able to trigger raid, I guess. And, yeah. And the funny thing is butcher the hordes in the sideboard. Butcher the hordes in the sideboard and Ashcloud Phoenix is in the main. Yeah. So he's trying wow. to go a little wide. Um, that's a, that's cool. I mean, another reason to maybe start packing in bow blights. I like the, uh, I like his thinking. You know, he's like, well, look, I have, you know, all of these tokens anyway, so I'm, you know, pretty much gonna deal a lot of your, of your da- or a, a lot of your life total through token hits. Mm-hmm. Like, the butcher actually just dies to the one, one, one for one removal spells that are otherwise rotting in the guy's hand because of all the tokens, and the Ashcloud Phoenix does not. Right, and neither does the, I mean, like the Elspeth tokens, the Soren, yeah. uh, I mean, Soren with the token strategy is strong. It's true. Um, and he has the best removal in the format right now, which is Crackling Doom. Crackling Doom, Chain to the Rocks is really good. Yes, it is. I mean, like, this, this deck is sweet. This is different than, I mean, it's only a slight change, but I understand why he's doing it. I really like it. Plus, whenever they board out their Doom Blades, because all they've seen is tokens and Ashcloud Phoenix, then you just jam the butchers in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah <laughs> when they go, I'm going to take all my murderous cuts and put in some bow blights. Gotcha. Like, yep, I'm putting in butchers. Go yeah. fuck yourself. Yeah, that's it's just. You know what though? I don't think people were pulling out those cards yet because they haven't really seen this version of the list. Well, they were I, probably if, like after game one, going, "I just didn't see the butcher." He has if, to. Yeah, you know maybe. <laughs> but if if you see the phoenix in game one, you, you usually see one or two in there. Maybe I don't know. I mean, you I don't just, usually see the Brahmas in there. That's it. Might be I might be going a little deep, but I I think that it's a subtle mind game, and I like it. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, green red monsters with. Now listen to me here. Satessin Tactics. <laughs> yeah, that's good. In the main board, in four hornets' nests. 
In the main? In the main. This deck, dude, I love this deck watching this deck. Well, you, I mean, if you have Satessian Tactics and Hornet's Nest, that's a combo right dude, there. Bud. I, I mean, I followed, this is the reason I watched so much SCG was because of this deck. Four Ash Cloud Phoenix, four Elvish Mystic, four fucking Hornet's Nest. I love that card. Not Hornet's Queen. Hornet's Nest. No, he gets his, he gets his Hornets at a discount. Right. Play a Polychronos against me. It'll never attack. Uh, four Storm Breath Dragons, four Sylphen Carriages, four Cursor Crufix, four Polychronos, two Chandra Pyromaster. Hey, Chandra Pyromaster. Hey, Chandra Pyromaster. You can hey. deal damage to yourself and to the Hornet's Nest. Four Xenagos. You just ping your hornet's nest every turn. That's yeah. funny. I mean, roll it up, get a token, make life a blocker. Is a resource, man. No, I know. I mean, it's it's <laughs> funny. <laughs> life is a resource. You got to kill some in the air. You can ping your own shit. Um, yeah. Three Satessin tactics, like I said. His sideboard is four Goblin Rabble Master, three Reclamation Saves, four Lightning Strikes. Yeah, that was Lightning Strike, not in the main board. Two Perforos. Yeah, Perforos is pretty sweet when you have uh, Hornet's Nest, Goblin Rabble Master in your deck. Yeah, I actually am shocked with all the Hordling Outbursts and things like that that we're seeing that we're not seeing more Perforos. I think that Hordling Outburst Perforos is pretty fucking good. Yeah. I play this thing. I get three one ones. I deal six damage to you. Yeah, or to that, or, you know, it's just... No, it's to opponents. It is to opponents, yeah. Yeah, It just seems like... And, you know, the ability to give your your little hordling things plus and one plus pump- zero. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's a good call. I, yeah. I mean, I'd put Porphyros in my Jeskai deck. Why not? Yeah, with so much 1-1s running around, something like that, I just think is really good. Uh, the oh, Arc Lightning's in the side. That's Arc Lightning's I really ex- good. I expect to begin to see more main. Yeah, when you uh, when you have little guys yourself, you can't run Anger of the Gods, and Arc Lightning uh, just becomes a one-sided Pyroplasm. Yeah, I mean, and you can actually trade one for one with a hordling Albert. One of the few cards in the format that does that, that you want to use one-for-one one on a Hoarding Outburst. Yeah, and you're like, cool, I paid three, you paid three, it's Good talk. a fair one-for-one, one. all your shit's dead, great. Uh, Mardu mid-range in sixth. With Butchers in the main. With Butchers in the main, uh, the two Sarkon, two Soren uh, thing. This one does not run the uh, the Dragon, which I, I, I like at least a 2-2. Um, there's a lot of white floating around right now, and that prop white is relevant. It's pretty, it's pretty good. No, no, it, no doubt. It, it avoids crackling dooms. Yep. Um, no, it doesn't avoid It avoids change to the rocks. Yeah, change to the rocks, for sure. Um, it definitely avoids change to the rocks, which we're seeing more. That's right. Crackling doom forces you to sacrifice. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, yeah, I, I would like it's to. It's tasty, too. Reason. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a fine card. Absolutely. Um, Mardu, another Mardu deck in sixth place, or seventh and place, rather. Zan in eighth. Um, Abzan Aggro, it's the one with the Death Dealers. Yeah, the Mardu Aggro was the one in seventh, and this He's one, got the Boonsaders. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, it's Aggro, but it's not Aggro. Yeah, yeah it's, a, I mean, I don't know, he's got a curve, he has one drops, two drops, three drops, you know. I guess. Um, and the eighth place was the one with the Boonsaders, you say? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's the, no, not... The Abzan aggro deck is an aggro list. The Mardu aggro yeah. is a Mardu mid-range list. I don't know why the fuck it's... Yeah, I don't get that either. Like, yeah. the, the only difference between this and the Mardu mid-range deck is he has a one Storm Breath Dragon, one Wingmate Rock split instead of two Wingmate Rocks. It's the only fucking difference. Oh, and his Butchers are main. No, no, in the, the sixth place list... Has oh, okay, yeah, that's main. Yes, yeah. I, and, I don't get It's that. like, it literally, it's only one card different in the entire main deck, but it's... A, I, don't, I don't fucking know. But yeah, Abzan aggro, uh, you know, a la the, uh, the two-drop list in right. the sixth place. Right, Champion to start going into Fleece Maiden Nine slash Air of the Wilds, Roxasa Death Dealers. Only one of them. Huh. Uh, you know, it's it's pretty tough on the mana. He's 
That's the only thing I can think of. Okay. I mean, Air of the Wilds is going to be attacking as large. Like, you're you're not going to be pumping your Death Dealer a whole lot. You know, I don't fucking know. Four Soldier of the Pantheon. Yeah. That card's good. That card's real good. Especially right now with all these, you know, multicolored creatures like Siege Rhinos and things yeah. I've seen. Yeah, he blocks Siege Rhinos. He I mean, blocks not very Siege well. Rhino. Not very well, but, he's, yeah. He's probably multicolored. Yeah, but Siege Rhino is trample. That's true. Yeah. He blocks yeah. Anafenza. Does do that. Um, so yeah, but you gain life when they play it. Yeah, I, I, I only lose two. He's totally reasonable, you know. And you know, we got the two Boomsaders, three Anafenzas, one Soren, two Banishing Light, four Abzan Charm, one Become Immense, and three Gather Courage. Yep, yep. And we had a Legacy tournament that went on Sunday. Um, I saw none of this, so yeah, I'll I have to. I watched football. I'm sorry. Yeah, what did I watch? I forget. Oh, I went on a marathon watching, uh, I believe, Supernatural with my kids. Uh, nice. Jesse Inman and Corey McDuffie. Uh, Inman wins 2-0. Will Fleischman 2-1 over Daniel V. Uh, Daniel O, uh, Daniel O 2-1 over Chris Anderson. Uh, Josh Hand. Am I reading that right? Yeah, his name's Hand. Okay. Uh, he loses to Nick L. <laughs> Dan O beats Nick. Loyacano! <laughs> we got Daniel Oliveri and Dan Velamazar. Velamazar? Yeah, it was, that one was tough. That was <laughs> Like, that was the one that scared right. me. I just I, I saw the pattern and I was like, fuck it. That our European Grand Prix had the easiest names to pronounce. That's all I'm saying. Nah. Nah, San Antonio is pretty easy. We just don't think they're real. They were weird, man. <laughs> we just don't think they're real. Um, so Daniel O versus Fleischman. Uh, Fleischman wins 2-0. He seems really excited. I love the way people pose for these pictures when they win. Oh, dude. I mean, I I would go ham if I got a trophy shot for sure. Would you? I don't know if I would. I'm, oh, dude, I'm an I would. introverted person. I'd like, be sitting there like, oh. look, if I if I was to ever win a pro tour, uh, I know I won't. But if I was to ever win a Grand Prix or any kind of event, if I was ever to win a PTQ, I would run around the building screaming in ecstasy and joy, doing cartwheels, and I would probably learn how to do backflips immediately on the spot. See, the thing is, if it was a pro tour, I'd be doing all that while mastery. <laughs> Just, you know, fuck it! I don't care, baby! Do you think that you can be <laughs> yes. Yes, banned yes. for masturbating inside your pants at a table? Inside your pants, I would like think so. So, like, if I just was wearing sweatpants and was to like stroke at during the match, can is that actually against the rules of magic? Um, because that's gonna make it really hard for my opponent to play if he sees me masturbating under the table. He's not gonna be thinking about the game at all. No, he won't be. Um, I might not be either, but <laughs> that might be a little dirty. I know it's dirty. I, I think that one might be crossing the line about play ethics. Well, I mean, I'm definitely not going to claim to be ethical if I can win matches. I mean, if you're going to... I don't know. Are you going to go to you actually finish? No, of course not. I'm well, just going to... if gonna you don't finish, then... I'm, I'm just going to... I'm going to edge. I'm going to edge. Actually, edging is proven to, to stimulate uh, mental development and uh, creativity. Sure. Well, um, I don't know. I, I don't think if you're not finishing, you're you're kind of just itching something. Yeah, that's and that's it. But like, I you could work that to the point where he has to like call a judge over and stuff. You know, I mean, like you could totally take someone out of their game by masturbating <laughs> it under your sweatpants. It would be like, so funny. Judge, if a judge, judge my opponent like, is masturbating. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And, and you're like, wearing stand up and pants. You so the judge is like, stand up. We need to talk. But dang. <laughs> <laughs> Judge, I have a condition. <laughs> I took a Viagra. It lasted longer than four hours, but yeah. I can't drop. <laughs> Oops, priapism. Can't help it. Sorry. Wow. 
Yeah, tell him that. Tell him you have priapism. I have, I have, yeah, I have Rex Priapism. Yeah, I can't help it. Blue Red Delver was what took it down. Um, it is the Blue Red Delver list. It, it really is. I mean, four days, uh, take that there, uh, Broderick. He tried to tell me that they were cutting them completely. They were, they had been cutting days. They had been. They're not now. Well, Just saying. It's true. <laughs> um, Teamer Delver in second, Reanimator in third. What up, Nimble Mongoose? Yeah. Hapless uh, Research. Actually, can I, just, can I just say that this Teamer Delver list actually doesn't have any cards with Delve in it? Yeah. This, this is the first blue list I may have seen post-cons that does not run any cons cards. There are no cons cards in this list. Wow. There's no there's no treasure cruise. That's there's, the only thing I'm looking for, really. Yeah, there's no there's no dig through time. There's none of that stuff. He actually just wants to keep graveyards big because he has nimble mongoose and parmigoy. Thank you so much, Daniel O, for giving me this piece of joy. Yeah, really. The reanimator deck's really I mean, cool too. He he's actually playing Canadian Threshold. My yeah. hat's off to you. Um, two hapless researchers in the reanimator's main board. Yeah, it's like your uh, careful study five and six. Okay, no, it's cool. It's something a little different. Um, yep. A little different though. Most of these decks only change a couple cards at this point. Well, I mean, Reanimator has been a strategy since Tempest Block, and it has not looked entirely different since the printing of Entomb. So, you know, yeah, the creature package changes. It's like it went from Dreadnought to like Ember. Well, then then Gristle, then Gristlebrand. Gristlebrand. Yeah. Um, Sneak and He has Gristlebrand and Ionia in the same deck. That's kind of weird. It's simple price. Uh, Tide Spiral too, as well. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Elshnorn. I mean, he's got all the good hits and a Grave Titan for when they have removal. <laughs> for shits and giggles. Uh, uh, sneak and show and forth, and there is nothing to talk about here. Literally nothing to talk about here. He has a Fire Ice in the main. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, I saw that. I still don't know if that's worth talking about. It's not. Uh, Storm from Mr. Hand. Uh, this is, uh, okay. Uh, the, uh, is it just old tendrils of agony? There's a past in flames, so there's no, uh, is it TES or is it? It's TES. This is the eternal storm because he does not have access to ad nauseum. Okay. So it, this is old school yep. with the one past in flames now. Yep. Shout out to Dark Confidant and Xanted Swarm in the sideboard. This guy knows what he's doing with his storm deck. Yeah, really past in flames is usually the giveaway between is it TES or and. Well, the ant, well, some of the TES decks still do run ad nauseum. Yeah, well, no, no. If if you have ad nauseum, then it becomes ant because it's ad nauseum tendrils. But you know, you can. I mean, you pretty much have to have passing times at this point in time. It's just too good. Yeah, fair. Uh, so there's that. Um, storm. Uh, elves and six. Elves continuing to put up a top eight every week. Pretty sure elves is like the best deck in, in Legacy right now. Uh, one of? I, I just, based on the amount of players that are representing Elf. I don't know, I'm still speak, saying probably Red Elver's the best, but it, it's well, close. I'm, it, you know, it is. I just think that the density of top eights based on the number of pilots for Elves has to be the highest number in the room. Yeah, I think El, it, I, Elves matchup against Delver, I think, is very it's a little suitable. Weak. I mean, I would, I would not want to be the Elves guy in that in that game. Okay. Um. So we have lands. So you know, it's lands. We've gone over this a bunch too. 
Yeah, it's sweet, though, when Lance has Dark Depths in it and it doesn't have to play forever. Yeah, and has the Grove combo, and it, they've really sped it up. It's, it's just, I mean, I would love to play Lands right now. I just think it looks like the biggest pile of fun you could have. Yeah, I like the old Lands just to screw with people. More than anything, <laughs> just to fuck with I'm me. just going to kill you with my single Barbarian Ring over and over. and What, you have to read it every time I play it? Cool, go for it. Yeah, <laughs> stupid. Um, So we had Jeskai Stoneblade and eighth reanimator ninth ant in tenth we have merfolk in eleventh i haven't seen a merfolk show i haven't seen a merfolk list in a minute dude um so we have four curse catcher four lord of atlantis four master the purple phantasmal image silver gill true name aether vile days forest vapor snack it's changed none it has not changed at all true name i guess yeah, I mean, that's, that, you know, ha- they've had access to that for a while. This, this might be the first list I've seen top 16 since True Name came out, so I guess that's the new one. It mm-hmm. might be, it might not be. I, I, I question that, but man, there's another Lance list in 12? Yeah, Lance has gotten a lot more popular, and it's good. He, he only has 26 lands. What the fuck is this list? He has lands and force of will, intuition, living wish, supreme verdict. What the fuck? This isn't lands. This is a It is lands because he has exploration. He has uh, crop rotation. He has dark depth. What the fuck is this list, man? This is strange. Okay, lands are. As follows. We can, we'll go over this because this is a very different lands list. Uh, two Flooded Strand and Glacial Chasm, one Maze of It, three Misty Rainforest, two Savannah, three Thespian Stage, four Tropical Islands, two Tundra, one Wasteland, two Windswept Heath, one Academy Ruins, three Flagstones of Trocar, and one Dark Depth. So he does not have the, uh, burn of the gro- Grove of the Burn Willows. Right. He doesn't have that going on. Um, his spell package, 34 of them, typically in a lands deck you have more lands than spells. Right. Um, so this one's kind of odd to be called lands. As soon as you said 26 lands, I'm like, that can't be right. Yeah, I know. It, I mean, it still has the life from the loam engine. and you know, So he's running Crucible of Worlds. That's your bringbacks. Um, that's so wrong with Wasteland. Uh, one engineered explosives, four exploration, four brainstorm, four crop rotation, four force of will, four intuition, two life from the loam, four living wish. Ah, it's a wish deck. It's a wish deck. It's it's wish lands. Okay, this is wish lands, we'll call it. Three ponder and three supreme verdict. Actually, I like calling it wish lands because with all of the brainstorms and ponders, yeah. you're, you're really floating through things to get your pieces. Let's talk about his wish targets because there's some sweet dudes in here. We got meddling mage. Peacekeeper? You ever hear a Peacekeeper? You ever heard? Yes, I have. It's a white card. I, I mean, I was talking from Mirage. Um, uh, Weatherlight, actually. Weatherlight, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, creatures can't attack, bro. Yeah, pretty sweet. Uh, not a card you see played a lot. He's got a Reclamation Sage, of course. He's got a Sagarda host of herons. Hey, man. That's Don't fuck hard. around with that. He's got a Bajuka Bog. Bajuka Bog. Uh, he's got a Thespian Stage, which makes number four. Yep. A Caracas. Tabernacle Pendrel Veil, which is definitely where you want to have it. You want to be able to wish for it. Caracas, also the perfect wish land. And then the Dark Depths. So, you know, he only has the one Dark Depths main, one in the wish board. Crazy fucking list, man. He, other, other notable card, or sideboard cards. Two engineered explosives, three spell pierce. What the fuck, man? Yeah, and a pithing needle, too. And a pithing needle, sorry. Yeah, yeah very, ever... very different. Um, it, but it is clearly a wish deck. I mean, more than a lands deck, I would call this a wish deck. 
But it is a lands deck at the well, same time. Well, but the only thing lands. the wish is doing is setting up what the lands deck wants to do. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a combo. I, we're we're gonna call this wishing for lands. Yeah, I like it. No, I, I or like living lands would also be fine. Yeah, a living wish. We're, this is Chris Yarbrough, man. That's a weird fucking list, dude. This is not the lands deck you're used to. This hey, is, man. This Chihoy, is wish. Chihoy Yim in 14th. That guy took my. I mean, he beat the crap out of me at Magic. Yeah, he's good. He's so good. What's Chi Hoi on? Uh, Miracles. Miracles, that's what he used to run. Death and yeah. Taxes. We had a bunch of countertops and Death and Taxes finishing it off. Yeah, sweet top 16. Really, uh, really diverse, actually. Yeah, Legacy, I mean, it's weird because, you know, a lot of people kind of give it a bad name and think it's like three decks, and it's really not. It's like probably 16 decks deep. For yeah. tier one, and then you have like the 1.5s, which take it all the way to 30 decks. Oh, uh, if not. Because uh, you're looking at char belchers and things like that. that yeah, you decks know, that can win any tournament if, if you know, like. Conditions are right. Right. Um, and then I, if you go to tier two, it, it gets deep. I wonder, I'm actually starting to wonder if the Treasure Cruise has actually opened the format up a little bit more. My that, love. You know, I mean, like, it's a pretty diverse top 16, and, and they've been pretty diverse top 16s since con, so. Yeah, they, yeah, they kind of was even before. I mean, when Korn first came out, they really got compact because everyone was like Blue Red Delver. Well, Blue Red Delver is on a power level that is pretty high. It is. It's so strange, too, because for everything everybody likes to say about Legacy just being so unfair, that is the fairest deck in the format. With the exception of the card treasures. Right. I'm just saying the way it plays. It plays like magic. Yeah. I can yeah, hand I mean, that to somebody who's been playing this game for a year at a competent level, and they can run that. Deck. Yeah. Uh, you know, Canadian Threshold is another great example of that. Like, if no. I hand, <laughs> I can hand Blue Red Delver to Ryan. He's only been playing since Avison. Okay. He will run that deck just fine. If I hand him lands or like stacks, he's gonna look. Oh, at me, well, what yeah, the fuck? Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> You know, because that's like, a deeper thing. Yeah, I think I think you know you're very correct. I, you know I would say the most fair deck that you know to, to see it again this week is this uh, the Teamer Delver list, the Canadian Threshold list, because yeah. it actively makes you play fair Magic. It says, oh, you're trying to do something unfair. No, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, so. pretty much all you gotta do is read Nimble Mongoose, and you go, all right, that's the only complicated card in here. I want my graveyard to fill up. Yeah. Oh, good. I want a fat graveyard. That makes sense because I have Tarmogoyce too. Yeah, and all these damn fetches. So my nimble mongoose is going to get big quick. Yeah. Hey, Will, do you like to buy magic cards? Um, you know, to be honest with you, I like having magic cards, but I have a hard time buying them. I feel like sometimes the price might be too high. So I got just a solution for you, sir. If you go to Walgreens right now for this week, buy the- one get one free packs. Bro, two dollar packs, bro. What? Two dollar packs of cards. That's what it breaks down to. I mean, you that's, go get two packs for three ninety nine plus tax. That's crazy. That's insane. Um, that's, and here's the thing. Walgreens doesn't carry a large amount of these. However, if you go to Walgreens' website, you can find the ad. And if you take said ad, and here's the trick. You have to get a picture of the price that Walgreens sells their cards at. So you actually do have to go into a Walgreens, find where they sell their cards, take a picture of the price. Walk into Walmart, who has such a larger amount of cards on their shelf. Man, Walmart makes enough money. They can definitely handle selling you $2 packs of Magic cards. Walmart price matches if you have the ad and the price of the uh, cards. So you can walk in there and go, me? And they go, oh, we got to match that. And you can walk out of there. I've seen people already this week, like Monday or Sunday, 
already, you know, 36 packs of cards walking out of Walmart. You know, they're showing me the receipts and shit on Facebook and what have you. And it's just like, that's insane. $2 packs, man. I mean, cons is out, M15, you should be able to find those fairly easy, you know. Whoa. Theros is still, you know, around at the Walmart. So, well, what the hell are you waiting on? Uh, I'm waiting on having money in my pocket. So am I. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you have the money, go do this. I mean, yeah, for sure. Hell, even if you have a fucking, you know a family member who plays the game, that's some cheap-ass Christmas shopping there. If you give me a draft set for Christmas, like my I'm mom picked happy this out. Ride, yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, like I'm just going to, you know, hand them 50 bucks and buy them a draft set. You can get that draft set a hell of a lot cheaper. You can give me two draft sets for that price. <laughs> like I'm happy if I get a draft set for Christmas. So that's pretty cool. Um, worth Definitely worth talking about on the show because, you know, you need to get the cards to play the cards in the tournaments. It's true. You do need to have cards to play cards. Yeah. Yeah. Balls. Unless you're like me and you play a lot of limited. Uh, then you need to have cards. You, well, you have to have money to buy, yes, of course. Yeah, you're right. God damn. Yeah. Um, anyway, so every year Wizards gives out to their retailers a holiday card. And back in the day, only the retailers got these. They kept them. They didn't think nothing of them. Yeah, these are pretty rare. And then people, then the retailers found out, holy shit, people want these. EDH, dude, these are some really fun EDH cards. Wow, do they charge a lot of money for these. I mean, like, Fruitcake Elemental alone's, I think, 100 bucks, and that's one of the worst ones. Fruitcake Elemental's pretty good. Yeah, but it's not like gifts given. Well, I mean, it is make your opponent take seven damage on his turn. Right, the gifts given is really good. I know it is. It's a gift ungiven, but you keep everything. It's true. <laughs> Dude, eat some food, regenerate Yule Ooze. Yeah, oh, Yule Ooze, yeah. So this yep. year they're giving out Mishra's Toy Workshop. Oh, Mishra's Toy Workshop is real. That card is the truth. <laughs> Land, tap three to your, add three to your mana pool, or tap, add three to your mana pool, spend this mana only on spells and abilities that would put tokens onto the battlefield. Use toys to represent these tokens. So if you play this, like, you gotta bring your green army men. Yeah. Because who doesn't want an army of green army men? <laughs> the red army men? Well, fuck them. Green army men. Ha. Um, but in years past, we have, uh, Fruitcake Elemental was the first one gifts given ev- evil presents. <laughs> uh, Seasons Beating, Snow Mercy, Yule Ooze, Naughty and Nice, and Stalking Tiger. Um, this is just the newest one on a very long line of, you know, almost 10 years now of just cool holiday cards that they put out. They put out really cool cards on the holidays. These are really fun. Uh, they're actually really powerful. Uh, Mistress Toy Workshop in particular, you, man, you put this on, in a, in a, a general or in a commander deck that is like a, a wrist piece. deck <laughs> yeah I, I mean i'm I'm into it dude i super am yeah no, dude i think they're all cool i agree i mean i would i would love to have a christmas deck for sure yeah um we're gonna cut the news there uh there's i'm sure there's some other things going on but you know, i haven't been the most uh out there this weekend with hey man you got this walgreens bogo thing going that's that's a good dick for you sir <laughs> good job that is crazy shit yeah i heard about that sunday morning like wow i was like holy shit that's going in the show yeah um and then i saw some other people found it and i'm like that's great i'm glad they found it you know that's cool like i know i got one a little bit away from me i know you got one right down the road from you yeah i got a walgreens right down the road um but you know hey it's cool i know i know walmart will price match so that's what matters um what you been up to bro 
Oh, man. Uh, you know, this week I did a lot of getting my life together, to tell you the truth. Um, Yay! Will got his life together. Yeah, so it was Thanksgiving. Um, awesome. Had a really, really great Thanksgiving. My uh, my food turned out really well. I had a duck and a turkey. Uh, did a an orange almond butter underneath the skin, as is my, my tradition. I did you ma- stuff the two? I stuffed them with a cranberry bacon... Okay. Uh, cornbread stuffing. But you didn't stuff the turkey. Oh no, I did not. No, I don't debone them. I lo- I like the flavor of the bone too much to take them out. No, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I do like turducken though. That's one of my things. No doubt. You know, I I cook them in the same pan and I make a duck gravy. The uh, du- I I've found that especially with the turkey, like I, you know, you can leave the bone in on the duck. You actually have to. Yeah. Um, but with the turkey, the duck grease keeps that thing so moist. Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah you know, I mean, I I put butter under the skin for for that, and uh, so I did uh, mashed potatoes. Uh, I did uh, uh, a real typical green bean casserole. Uh, I made my duck liver pate, which is my favorite thing in the whole fucking world. Um, did a caramel apple pies with an almond, with a crushed almond crust on top and homemade whipped cream with honey. You know, really, really good menu. My uh, my friends Kara and Puff came and, and worked prep in my kitchen. They uh, made a really delicious pumpkin cake and some, like, crazy good four cheese mashed potatoes. Um, so, you know, we, uh, did that, you know, rejoiced. I, I, I call my Thanksgiving the Thanksgiving for lost children. It's for people who don't have family in the area or, you know, whatever, anything better to go. So they can <laughs> And, uh, you know, then I got a really nice gift on Thanksgiving night when, uh, Liz came back. Uh, she's, you know, she's doing a lot better and we're, you know, really, uh, really happy to be together again, which is great. So it was a real tough month in November and just really glad it's fucking over, <laughs> you know. Right, turn uh, the page. But, uh, yeah, I, I had a working interview at a downtown restaurant on Friday, a place called Six Pen. And, uh, really knocked my interview out of the park. You know, I got through the rush and, you know, everyone was real happy about me. And then I, uh, so I, you know, I talk about my wage and all that. And, you know, a guy says, yeah, whatever you want, man, anything's good. You know, you did anything off the menu, just give me a call tomorrow and we'll talk about your schedule. Uh, so I call him at noon and, uh, and nothing happens. So then I call him at two or two thirty and, uh, then nothing happens. And I call him at like four. You know, because, like, man, I want this fucking job, right? You know? So I get this text from him that's like, hey, man, calling me a million times is not going to let make me get back to you. So, like, you got to be fucking kidding me. What, what do you, you, I just lost the job because I want it too much, right? That's not right. Like, you know, so, showing that you want it, I, I've always found that, you know, just being tenacious about things yeah. is the right way to go. So he let me hang. He let me dangle on it all the way until Monday. Monday he called me and said I had the job. But, um, you know, at that point in time, I had already made an interview at another place that is not 25 miles from my house uh, where I'm going to make the same money and I'm going to cook breakfast on the weekends and work from 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. instead of from 2 p.m. until 1 a.m. That's a lot so, better. Yeah, so I, you know, I had a – actually called a, a buddy of mine who I'd worked with before, a, a former chef that I worked with in 2008, down at the uh, Grand Valley Inn and – uh uh, Brady's Run Grill and Guest House in Beaver County. Ooh, I like I like Brady's Run Grill. Yeah, man, I'm gonna be their great their marble rye. I'm sandwich gonna be their runner. I'm gonna be their breakfast guy now. I'm gonna be working down there 6:30 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, pretty much five days a week, which is sweet. Sweet. Uh, so I took that job and I uh, I called. I actually ran into a, uh, a former buddy or a buddy of ours, uh, Brandon, that you work with, and I saw him at Walmart and. He told me that old Jimmy, Jimmy Tiberius Vance well, needs some shovels for this winter. So I, I called old James up. I said, Hey man, I am a shovel and I will, uh, I will come work. And he said, you sure will. 
So that's great, man. I went from being this, you know, broke ass, deadbeat, you know, with no girlfriend and, you know, hating everything to like everything in my life, uh, feeling pretty good right now, actually. That's cool. Um, what do you yeah. think about doing breakfast and doing the snow removal? Cause you know how the times work out there. Yeah. You know, I, I, you know, I told Jim that I have the full time job, but I mean, I don't have a problem going straight from snow to, uh, to work, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Usually where we do snow, yeah, you usually work with me. We're right next to that place. For the yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, if I um, look, I can come work till 6 a.m. and I got to go to work, you know. I mean, I can start earlier in the night for that, whatever, but, you know, so. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. I'm glad Jim uh, let you come back and be a shovel. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I'm I'm excited, man. I, I actually don't, I like, I don't hate shoveling snow. I think it's very nice, you know. Nah, you have, you know what? You was always good at it. Well, thank you. Never complained about doing it, you know, which most people do. Like, you know, you just always, it's there. That's a big thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's peaceful. I I spend a lot of winter nights just walking through the snow anyway, you know, because I'm restless. And, like, if I'm doing that, I might as well be getting paid. I feel you on that, bro. Um, yeah. That's cool. to you, man. How's your hand? Uh, my hand's fucked. Um, I don't know if last week I told you it was in a cast. Yeah, you did. Yeah, may need surgery in the future. Uh, it It's weird. Like, I can go for hours with really no pain. Um, and this is when I'm on the painkillers. Like, when I'm at work... I look, I mean, yeah, I'm a big dude. I, you know, I've lifted weights forever. You know, I, I have a high threshold for pain. You do have a high threshold for pain. Um, right. it's kind of weird. Um, I've shed tears a few times in the last week yeah. and I'm like probably and, working too hard. Though. And I'm wandering away from people while I'm doing it. No, it's just because when I'm working, I have to take ibuprofens. Mm. And it's oh, just you can't because enough. you drive the truck. You can't take you can't take your prescriptions. Right, it's just not enough to get oh, through. So okay. I have to take these ibuprofens, which he gave me eight hundred milligram ibuprofens, but they don't do it. No, that's still over the counter crap, man. Yeah, it's not, so it's, all it's doing is relieving inflammation. It's not targeting your nerve cells and making them feel less pain. Yeah, so like I mean, that's in pain all day while I'm at work, whether I'm using the hand or not, and I'm not. Um, you know, once in a blue moon, I might grab my coffee with it, and that's about the most. Maybe smoke a cigarette with the left hand because, you know, I got a tool in the right hand. Um, my right arm is about tired as fuck because... Oh, uh, I know that feeling, man, when just from overuse. Yeah, like, you know, you have two hands for a reason. You know, when one arm gets tired, you go and use the other arm. I don't care what you're doing, whether you realize it or not, you do yeah. this. Yeah, it's a problem um, I have with my with my bad left shoulder, man. It's definitely a problem. Yeah, so, like, it's been killing my right arm. Like, I mean, something as simple as, like, running a blower for seven hours. Dude, you need to switch hands. Without switching hands? Holy shit, after about three hours, I mean, between the pain that hits that arm and the pain that's throbbing in my other hand, it literally brings me to tears. I have to, like, kind of wander off because, you know, I ain't going to do that in front of nobody. Of course not. You're a big, tough man. Yeah, no, fuck that. Um, But, no, it's actually brought me to tears a couple times. So, my hand is fucked. Um, When I'm on the pills, the good ones at home... I go through uh, bouts, like out of nowhere, it'll just fucking kill me for 15 minutes, and it goes away. That's just, that's so shitty. Yeah, so, I mean, it is what it is. I got to live with it, you know, for at least a couple more weeks. Uh, my first basketball practice with the team is going to be uh, Thursday, which is cool. Um, cool. I'm going to be there. I got plenty of help from other coaches. They're going to install my defenses, um, and I'm just basically going to float between the two teams. 
during practice uh, because I have an older team and a younger team. Right. I'm going to float between the two of them and just make sure that, you know, things are going the way I want it to. Do you do, you do 7, 8, 9, 10? Is that what it is? Or is it no. 7, 9, 10, 11, 12? It's uh, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And okay. If you're good enough on the smaller team, I bring you up to the big team. Um, you'll, you'll, I, my good players play both games because you're only going to get better playing against older kids. It's true. Um, so there's that. Also, um, Thanksgiving was awesome. It was me and the wife, we did as traditional of a Thanksgiving as I can possibly do. Nice. Um, turkey, of course, I did the bacon thing because... Got a barter and bacon. Dude, it just, I'm telling you, it makes it so moist. Um, no. uh, so there's that. We did mashed potatoes gravy. Uh, we stuffed it. You did know. you do your pumpernickel stuffing? No, we did not. Um, due to the fact that she, I have a busted hand and she's not working because of the surgery, we're just broke. Oh, here So man. we just went like as cheap, traditional as we possibly could. We like, we got some breadcrumbs and made our own stuffing out of that. Cool. Um, and then we, uh, we did some deviled eggs. Yeah, I didn't do deviled eggs this year, man. I had, I had my one buddy's mom who came by. She was very disappointed I didn't make them. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a bust. We had two different types of pies and I mean, that was it. And, and the, it was very traditional, but at the same time, very good. Like, yeah, you know, no. You when cook. it's just me and her, we don't need anything more than that because then you're just staring at stuff on a table and going, I can't eat that. Yeah, leftovers for weeks. Yeah, I'm going to have leftovers for weeks regardless because it was me and her and I had a 20-pound bird. Holy shit, dude. I didn't have 20 pounds in bird total. I had a 7-pound duck and a 12-pound turkey. Yeah. Well, we got it really cheap. We yeah, got it like – I don't know if I said it on the cast, but we got it over a month ago. Oh, wow. And we were just wandering through uh, one of the grocery stores or food stores, whatever you call them in your region. And um, we looked down, and it was like 39 cents a pound. Oh, my God. So <laughs> I was just like, grab bird. And they were – and I grabbed the smallest bird there was. Like, wow. some of these were like 28-pound birds. That's and I was just like, bird, that's our Thanksgiving. You know, and it sat in my fucking freezer all the time. That's a lot of freezer space. Yeah, I also um, got to edit and put out the first Imps Prison of Season 2. So exciting. Um, I've already gotten a lot of good feedback on that, so. I'm pretty pumped about that. So, yeah, dude, people love the prison. They really do. I might as well move straight to shout outs. Um, I have to give one to Jason Alt. He was the guy that I chose to be the first episode this year because it was a very good episode. Um, he's a comedian when he's not speculating on cards. So I expected this to be a fairly funny, uh, episode. Yeah, sure. If there's anything I should have learned from season one, don't expect shit because it's never going to turn out that way. We actually got into a very serious conversation about political correctness. Huh. And, I mean, like, I don't know that we came to a consensus on what's right and what's wrong, but, I mean, we really well, covered a lot of topics. Pretty gray area, really, you know. It, it really is. It's all in the eyes of the beholder, and, you know. But at the same time, it's things people need to think about that, you know, the context does matter. When it's all said and done, you know. Like, I can sit on here and say, cunt, 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 cunt. I'm not, you know... You might not like the word, but the context of me doing it in a baseball chant does not mean that I'm doing anything but joking. You know, it's not like I'm saying, well, you're a dumb fucking cunt. You know, like, there's two different contexts there. So we get into a really good conversation about that, and I really enjoyed it. And as soon as I got done with it, I was like, dude, that is the first episode of the year because that thing was kicking. Um, also need to give a shout-out to Blightbro on Twitter. Um, my man has been waiting like crazy. He said this is literally 
one of the best parts of the holiday season now is the fact that the Eames Prison comes back. I totally concur. It's the only podcast I actually listen to. Sweet, sweet. Um, I didn't catch episode one yet, but uh, rest assured, I will listen to it. I bet. I bet. Um, and I also need to give a shout-out to a guy I work with. He's never going to hear this, but I need to mention it. Um, my man has bagged three deers this year. Timmy! And he got two of them in the first week of archery. And then, and it is Timmy, and then when he nailed his, uh, on the very first hour of the first day of rifle season, he Dude, everyone's, everyone's walking out and he's already on his way back to the truck. Oh my God. Right. So Dude, but, Timmy is the man. Oh man. Every year he gets his, his count, man. You know, he actually had a bad streak for a long time, but the last like two, three years, he's been crushing it. Jeez. And well, Timmy has a lot of extra meat, obviously. So he says, Hey, come up and get some hamburg. Uh, you know, some hamburger deer meat. Yeah. Because he got all of it done. He's got three. For dude. some reason. Oh, it's all ground. All ground except for the back straps. Oh, that's, well, okay, that's fine then. Yeah, you got to eat the back straps. Yeah, no, that's, that's reasonable. Um, I mean, you got to eat the back strap before you go out next year. It's bad luck, right? Um, that actually is a hunting thing. <laughs> but he was like, come on up. And dude, he grabs this bag and he's got these two pound packages and he just starts loading this thing. I had to stop him. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, dude, 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 how much is in there? He's like, well, there's like two pounds in each one of those. I was like, dude, there's like seven of them in there. I'm good. He goes, well, if you need more, let me know. I was like, that's cool. But let me get through these first. Um, and dude, the deer is excellent. It doesn't have a gamey flavor at all. So my wife will actually eat it. Wow. Um, so far, the first night she made hamburger helper with it because, you know, she doesn't like deer meat and she wanted to hide the taste a little bit. Yeah, sure. Uh, so she tried the hamburger helper with it. Cool, that worked. But I made her eat it without anything on it because I, I tried a piece. It was like, this isn't gamey at all. And she really enjoyed it. So we had chili tonight with it. Oh, yeah, that's a great thing to do with deer. Um, I'm going to have at least a deer, at least one deer loaf. Like, that's a must. I got to have some deer loaf. Um, and we're going to do tacos. Uh, deer tacos are good. We're going to do those as well here pretty soon. How much deer did he give you, man? Dude, he gave me seven two-pound packages. Oh, he gave you 14 pounds of deer? Yeah, and I had to stop him. Why'd you stop him? You could have just called me. Because he said I can go get more whenever I want it. Oh, I just got to finish this, you know. Oh, man, you want more. You want to hook it up. <laughs> it's not like you don't know him. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, that's true. I, I'll probably see him here pretty soon. Yeah, I'm sure he'll have some when we when you I finally bet, go shovel. I, I bet he will. I bet um, he will. So, yeah, I mean, like, big shout-out to Timmy for hooking me up with deer. And for just for an old man, his Timmy's eyesight is obviously not going yet. Yeah, Timmy's a good dude. He's a he's a funny guy. Right, right. Um, but yeah, those are my shout-outs this week. You got any shout-outs? I do, man. Uh, I got a real special shout-out to uh, Colton Delaney. Uh, man, he really helped me through this week, giving me some professional advice, and uh, really, really appreciated it. Sweet. He's sending me a playmat. That dude is awesome. Yeah, Colton Delaney, uh, turns out, is the fucking man. Um, shout out to, uh, Puff and Kara, to, uh, let's see, Tim, Mike, Tim's parents, um, Juarez, Gray, uh, Tank, Tank's girlfriend, everyone who shut up for Thanksgiving, uh, had a blast, um, anti shout out to that prick of a chef at, uh, Six Pen, uh, man, I wasn't too impressed with the food I had to make, I wouldn't pay $14 for their burger. <laughs> um, shout out to the, uh, I guess, where do I work now? The Grand Valley Inn and, uh, Brady's Run Grill and Guest House. Hey man, if you're in Beaver County, I'll cook you some eggs. Come on over. Hell yeah, we'll hit that up before the GP. Yeah, for sure, man. Sure. Yeah, I'll just like, you know, work. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, those are my shout outs. Sweet. Um, which reminds me, you got to get a day in March off. I will try. I think it's the 12th. Look it up. It's Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, that's not a problem. I mean, I, I should be pretty reasonably able to take a day off a month at this place. I would think if you told them, like, when you started yeah. or, you know, like, within the next month, that's enough warning. Basically, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if I give them a month warning and I ask for one Saturday off, I mean, that's going to be fine. Here's two months' notice. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you're good. Um, but, yeah, uh Contact info, Will. If people wanted to get a hold of you, where oh, they find Oh, man. You? They should find me and the rest of the wonderful posse on Facebook uh, under Pimp's podcast. Uh, there's, like, this whole Facebook group where we, uh, you know, talk about how sweet magic is and, you know, how sweet each other are. And, you know, a lot of really, really good bro moments happen and all that. Yeah. Uh, I guess get little insider things about the show. You also, as soon as it goes up, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I'm, on, I'm on the Facebook every day. I I don't I don't post a great deal. I like stuff and all that, but uh, I mean I'm there every day. I check it every day. Uh, I, you can right now you can find me uh, on my Battle.net ID Bad Dinner number fifteen twenty two. That is uh, because Wow is happening and I am playing it. Sweet. Yep. What about you, Ange? I know everyone wants to talk to you. Yeah. No, they want to talk to Ryan, but he's not here. Well. Um, if you wanted to get hey, a hold of me. By the way, you can't find me at Cast from Exile, but you can find Ryan. You can. You absolutely can. Each yeah. and every week. Cast with, from Exile. With the rest of the guys. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Hmm. I gotta, I gotta warm up my, my lungs for this one. If you wanted to get a hold of me, you can find me at Gonksuo on Twitter. That is G-A-N-K-S-U-O. You say exact same name on MTGO. We have a clan there. If you would like to join the clan, just send me a message on MTGO, and I will put you in the clan as soon as I get it. If yeah. you had something a little long form that you wanted to send me, send it to pitinpodcast at gmail.com. Also, episodes for, ep- or, I'm sorry, questions for episode 100. We need Oh, those, my serious. God. Oh, my God. That was the best one yet. <laughs> you you need to do, like, used auto corral commercials. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> wow. Um, anyway, uh, seriously, we do need questions. I've gotten about four or five different people who sent us questions. Um, to my fellow podcasters out there, if you guys want to do like send us, you know, snippets to put into the show, by all means, please do that. Um, yeah, you can definitely ask us questions for sure. We yeah. can answer everything. We want questions. If you guys want a long episode, because that's all we're talking about that episode. We're just shooting the shit and answering questions. Um, so if you guys want a long episode that weekend, it's Ryan's last one. So please, let's, you know, make it long. Um, send us questions, guys. We want to answer them and, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, so that brings me to the end of this episode. Next week, we're going to go over Worlds, because Worlds. Because Worlds, heard. Yeah, uh, that's it. And, uh, but until next week. Oh, man. Uh, I guess, shit, I don't want to talk about the game when he's not here, because it's not fun. Uh, fuck yeah! Man, shit. Bye. Have a good one. Ooh, fuck yourself. <laughs>